Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 13. My name is Yuri, and I'm joined by Keishi. Hey, Yuri, how are you today? I am doing okay. You know, I got my uh, peppermint tea right here. What about you? Uh, that's great. Yeah, I, I just have my water here as usual. No coffee? Don't drink coffee, so yeah. Good. And, uh, and no tea, because I was too lazy to make it. Well, good, because coffee is a terrible drink. And I'm saying that live on air. Come at me, coffee industry. I still drink it, but you guys are terrible. So so, so what are we talking about today? So today we're going to go into two pretty interesting topics. I think that especially beginners, any side hustle beginner will love. And it's idea versus execution. You know, like we all have ideas in our heads, but then doing something about it is a different story. And then speed versus perfection, whether Either you do work sloppy fast or are you the type of person that wants to get every little thing right before you launch your product out? And I guess we're going to try to find where the right balance between those two pairs of seemingly opposite things are. And let's start with idea versus execution. Yeah, this is what I'm pretty interested in in general because um, I think you see a lot of people that, um, that, that spend a lot of time planning things and they seem to be doing a great job with planning, but th- then they never actually end up executing things. Mm-hmm. Which essentially makes the planning useless, right? Because unless you execute on something, then what is the planning for? And and I think for, especially for people that are just getting started with whether it's creating a side hustle or some sort of online business in general or whatever it might be, like it, it can be hard to know when you're actually ready to do something rather than still having the need to be planning what to do, right? Because it, it, sometimes sometimes it's really hard to tell. I think, yeah. So so sometimes it's really hard to figure out um, when to stop planning and when to stop just thinking about ideas and when to go into execution. What, what do you think? Um, is, is there any guiding principle that people can kind of follow when it comes to this? Or I'm not sure how much of a balance it would be. From the beginner's uh, perspective, I think a lot of people are more so stuck in the idea or planning phase yeah. versus the actual execution phase. I don't know how much... I think the balance is an important balance to strike once you have um, a grasp on both, especially on execution. But I think in the case of a beginner, it's like less so balance, more so more execution first, getting used to doing the actual action. And then you can worry about the planning a bit later. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I, I think in the beginning, it's just important to just just get going and kind of just let things sort themselves out. Yeah. But um, I, unfortunately, I feel like, um, especially in the beginning, and I guess it was the same case with myself and probably you in some of the cases too, but um, like it, it's really hard to just, pick an idea and and get committed to it right like let's say you want to let's say you want to start a youtube channel about um i don't know about dogs but but then you but but then you suddenly see a i don't know a book on your table so you you might go like oh or maybe i should start a youtube channel about um books instead of dogs hmm. and, and you just get caught in this place where you're just constantly going from idea to idea to idea and, and you feel like you're doing things you feel like you're just thinking about what to start and you're planning things, mm-hmm. but, but you're really kind of just, um, you're living in your head. Yeah. And, and you're, you're in one place, right? You have, you haven't moved an inch forward. Yeah. You, you're just keep spinning in circle. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree that in the beginning, um, it, it's, it's important to get going, but it's, it's also probably the most difficult, um, and think to do. Yeah. I think in the case of our blogs, like, you know, it's probably second nature, you know, second nature for us to go to like a hosting site buy.com install wordpress and like we're there like in like 10 minutes or something or however long it takes to make the purchase but for someone else that hasn't really thought about or hasn't done it before it's a lot harder for them 
they don't know. Like, I guess the biggest hurdle is you're kind of stepping off of a cliff in a way because you don't know what's happening on the other side. Whereas in our case, you know, we did the... It's, again, like, I'm only saying stepping off of a cliff because, in general, all new things for us are scary to do. I know the point is, like, you know, starting a blog isn't exactly a big deal. But for someone who's new and they have to throw down money on it and they don't know what, what's coming up next, maybe they have to learn how to code and suddenly, you know, like, there's a lot of vagueness and ambiguity there that kind of scares them. So to that extent, I do agree. Like, that's why the unknown makes it hard. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think there's also like, a, what do you call it, like imposter syndrome? Yeah. Where like you want to start something, but then you're like, yeah, I'm not good enough to start this or, or yeah, why should I be the one writing about dogs? Where, where there's people that, um, that studied dogs at university for four years or for five years, for six years. There's all these moments where you kind of doubt yourself. Hmm. And then you use that as, as a thing that stops you from actually doing things and 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 again, you just stay in this one spot trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Whereas all you really got to do is just take the first step and just kind of correct the course later on. Yeah. But that's the hardest step to take. I think we can all agree on that part. Although it's a necessary step. It's like without that step, there's nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, so what do you think are some of the things where people get stuck the most in terms of like rather than executing, rather than doing what moves the needle. And, and I think we're kind of, um, to an extent, we're also going into the speed versus perfection thing. Mm-hmm. But um, what do you think are some of the things where people get stuck the most commonly when, they, when they're trying to get started? Like what, what sort of things that don't really move the needle at, in the beginning, but that kind of feel good, I guess, to do, or that feel productive, but are not necessarily productive? What, what do you think are some of the most common ones? Like your logo or the design of your website, even though you're not getting any traffic, you want to make it look just right. Or your name, like what should I call my product or what should I call my site? What should I call my blog? They spend a lot of time thinking about it. I mean, yeah, the name is important as long as it does require a bit of thought, but it's not. And I think some things, maybe you should put a time cap, a limit on how much time you should actually invest in and just like seal the deal and move on. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think name is, name is a bit... Uh... Name is a difficult one because, like, once you said the name, it's pretty hard to change it. Especially yeah. like, let let's you grow a blog under an old name, and it's it's always a bit of a risk to move it to a new domain. Like sometimes it might work out without any hitch, otherwise you might lose half your traffic. And so, so it's always good to get the name right in the beginning, but um, but at the same time, it can take you forever, yeah. still, right? Because at, at the end of the day, it's about what you build around the name rather than what is the name by itself, like. Like nobody would know Nike if they haven't sold um, millions of shoes. And yeah. it, it's not about the name. It's about what the company did to give the meaning to its name, right? So, yeah. so, so even the name, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think overthinking it is, um, is definitely not good. But yeah, I, I love just saying logo because <laughs> I, I think we're similar in this, but um, probably half of my blogs don't have logo. And the other one, the, the other half, the logo is essentially a text with, with a bit of graphic elements, I guess you could say, but um, it's it's nothing breathtaking. Yeah. But but it works, right? And um, and I feel like a lot of people just um, just feel like unless they have the perfect logo, then then their business is never going to take off. What do you think? Um, do you think that's what happens to quite a few people out there? I always feel like you can always adjust your logo later on. You know? Yeah, I do think people would get stuck over that. 
in in my like in, like again like with the sites I I don't have logos at all. I guess I'm not in the branding game. But I feel like if you have a recognizable name at some point, if your you know blog gets traction or your product or whatnot, and you have a logo that you're not satisfied with, I mean like what is a brand ultimately? Like you said, it's like a it's like an overall collection collective of how much you did, how much you sold, what you're known for. I think changing a lo- changing a logo is just a minor blip on the map. But then again, I'm not I'm no branding expert, so I would just. If I had a crappy logo, came time to have a better logo, I'll just find a better logo. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. I think um, like once you actually start building the site and let's say you want to go from just having Google traffic to actually building an email list and building an audience and things like that, that's where I think these things actually are important, right? And and you should be executing on them and, and you should be trying to perfect them essentially. But um, yeah, if you're just starting and you have zero people coming to your website, then who really cares about your logo yeah no one's really looking at your logo in the first place to care about it and yeah. no one's gonna be like oh like your first visitor to the site your 10th visitor to the site they won't be like oh look at that great logo but i don't think people care that much because it only matters like in hindsight way way later on where you kind of want to go for brand recognition if you're like on a shelf loss and then you want your product to be picked out over the other product but uh, yeah there's also an element of overthinking about it, like yeah i want you know like overthinking whereas the average consumer probably doesn't think at all about the brand logo they're just there like i want the product and yeah and eventually you kind of want to give them something that's recognizable yeah and i, I think to be fair it also kind of depends on what um what business model you're going for right so if you're again if, if you're just starting a um a blog where you want to make money for ads or for affiliates or whatever then probably doesn't matter too much now if you're if you're starting a freelance um, designer carrier or something, then then you probably better have a pretty good logo, right? If, if what you're trying to sell is design. Yeah. Or um, similarly, like, if you want to have a physical product, then you want to have it on shelves in some stores, then the design, of course, matters as well. The packaging and everything related to that is very important in the kind of the, in the physical retail um, business, right? But if you're just starting a side hustle and, and, the, and the only thing that's holding you back from from turning your idea into an actual thing is the lack of a perfect logo, then then that's probably not the right thing to focus on. Yeah, because it's not going to get the needle moving. If anything, it's just put, putting out products. Yeah. So, so to kind of take this um, ideas versus execution topic a, a step back, I, I guess when I initially thought of this, um, my original idea was discussing um, placing too much sort of focus on the idea versus focus on the execution right you have people that um you have people that believe that ideas are what make the business and then you have people who believe that execution is what makes the business mm-hmm. on kind of a higher level right so like um you have people that go like oh my god uber is a billion dollar company now i had this exact same idea yeah like 10 years ago if i only did it like on that sort of level what, what's your thoughts on kind of the idea versus execution <laughs> That's a good question. I I wouldn't, in the grand scheme of all things, I would say the most dangerous man is the person that can do both, have the idea and execute on it. By dangerous, I just mean like, you know, person that can get stuff done and go places. I think that's what you kind of want to aim for. Yeah, I I think um, if you have both, that's excellent because then you're going to build the Facebook, then you're going to build the whatever, the next Amazon or or whatever it might be. But but at the same time, I think at... um, at like the lower level, if you're not aiming to become like a multi-billion dollar company or something, then I'd say that um, execution is much more important than than an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, like you still have to have an idea, right? And it can be a bad idea. 
but it doesn't have to be an excellent idea. Yeah. Well, that, that I agree with. There are so many businesses out there that are just that are just not new ideas, right? It's like there's new restaurants popping out every day. Well, maybe now it requires some innovation because of coronavirus and stuff. But uh, but yeah, there's still restaurants popping out. There's what are there's like dry cleaners. There's supermarkets. Like th- these are not new. These are not new ideas, and there's and there's still businesses being built every day around them. Yeah. So so yeah, I I'm a big believer in execution over ideas. I, I like both, you know, I don't see it as a, I understand the need for that humans are more wired towards thinking versus doing because we're lazy <laughs> on, some, on some level. I think like we naturally are inclined to think, overthink. In yeah. That, you know? So that's why I think there's a stronger need that you need a stronger need to push towards execution. And yeah, like, I don't think you need a super unique thing. Or like a super unique idea, like you know, like actually the funny thing is like when I, I would recommend someone to start a blog, which I shouldn't do, their first reaction is like, "But what should I write about? Like, I need an idea. What do I do?" And like you know, they kind of get caught over that idea, like they're stuck in that idea. Yeah. What, do I, what do I pick? What do I do? And if, if they if I tell them pick something you like, oh, but there's so many blogs around it, how will I ever compete? Yeah, I, I see that a lot. I had a friend who wanted to start a blog, and then like every time he chooses a topic just goes out there and Googles a couple of searches related to the topic, right? Mm -hmm. And realizes there's like 10 other blogs covering the same thing and that discourages him. And and I think that's the case for a lot of people. And and to me, that just doesn't make sense because it's like, yeah, there's always going to be competition. If there is no competition, then um, there's probably no market Mm -hmm. would be my my view on this. And then um, if you can go out there and beat your competition, (laughs) then... uh, you probably shouldn't be trying to start a business, right? Yeah. Or if the competition bothers you. There's always a way to either find a new angle on something or just to like go around the thing and do something slightly different mm-hmm. that makes you unique. So, um, yeah, I think being too keen on having like a unique idea, having a, an original idea that nobody has ever done before, mm. I, I think it's more counterproductive than productive in, in, in the vast yeah. amount. In the vast majority of times, you bring up a good point because, like, um, there'll be times where I will go on like a blog hiatus where I haven't posted much, and one of the easiest things for me to do is like instead of trying to think, you know, like if I'm trying to get back into it, I don't think I don't think about oh, what's the what's a new thing that I could post about. I go for what can I replicate just to get work going again, just to get it going and get the content, you know, get the blood flowing, get get back in motion. So I don't think of a new idea. I think like, what else can I do that I've already done that's similar? And it just makes it better or easier for me to get back into publishing. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you just got to copy your competition because maybe you're going to be better at it slightly and you're just going to push them out of the market or you're going to get the higher spot in Google or something. So um, I think automatically giving up because there's somebody else doing the exact same thing or, or what seems like the exact same thing just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So yeah, just to give you an example, like um, I recently just um, went through all the websites that essentially I believe I'm competing with and mm-hmm. I just made a long list of articles because you can essentially go to their sitemap and just download the list of all the articles that they have. And I went through like 20 competitors mm-hmm. and I just created a long list and eventually I'm just going to publish everything they published. And um, eventually, my site's yeah. going to be bigger. Now than... you have a big list of things to do. Yeah, exactly, and eventually, my site's going to be bigger than um, 
any single one of the 20 sites, right? If, if I publish everything that the 20 competitors published, plus extra stuff on top of that, then I, I should become the biggest in that group, right? Yeah. So, so I don't think I don't think competition is a bad thing. I think it's I think it's something that you should aim to beat and um, something that should motivate you. To yeah. Or use it for inspiration. Yeah. Exactly. Just look for your competition and um, look for the articles they have, or look for the videos they have, or whatever it is that you're doing. Look at the products that they have, and just think how you could change one or two small things to make it better. And and then that's all it takes to and um, that's all it takes on the idea side. I'd say. Yeah. And then it just execution, execution, execution. Now you still and have like, to look back and reconsider sometimes. But just just to go back to the idea part, um, I still think yeah, like you said, execution is important because if you have the habit of execution and you've been pumping out ideas, right? Let's say you, let's say you have no habit of execution and you have you have a really good idea, then that good, that good idea is dead in the water. It's not gonna, never going to come out. But if you have the habit and you've already been pumping out bad ideas. I think a lot of creative people are struggle with like putting out bad work, but if you have, or if you are in the habit of creating and publishing bad work, I wouldn't do this on a professional level, I guess. But like on my own side hustle level, I, I'm a big fan of publishing bad work. By bad work, I mean like uh, get it done right, and then worry about fixing it up later. Good enough. Yeah, I, I'd good call it good enough. Not bad. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put out a blog post and like maybe I'll find that there's a typo in there. But oh, okay, I'll fix it on later on. But the whole point is like it's better to get it done and fix it than like never get it out the gate. But if you don't have that habit that you can only accumulate through publishing just work, whether it's good or bad, by the time that really good idea comes along, and if you don't have that habit, then you're not you're not gonna have that really good idea. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the other thing is when you when you try to kind of filter your own ideas, and of course you shouldn't be putting everything out there, and um, but still trying to filter your own ideas too much is like um, it's not like what you like is also what somebody else likes, right? So you might have ten ideas and hate eight of those and like two of them. It might just as well be that the vast majority of your audience actually likes one of the eight that you don't like. Yeah, which is why I think um. Which is one of the reasons I think it's important to just keep um, putting stuff out just to get the feedback. And and the other thing is just to go back to what you were saying about um, about kind of having the habit of executing your ideas is that um, I think unless you actually execute on something, you can never know yourself whether an idea is good or bad. You will always have a theory, right? Yeah. But but you will never know. It's like I think, and that's what that's what there's. It's like, it's like being an armchair. What do you call it? Analyst, armchair uh, analyst. Armchair. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the right word. It's essentially, just being like a just being a guy that thinks he knows but doesn't really know. It, it, it it's almost like what we were talking about knowing versus understanding last mm-hmm. week or, or two weeks ago or something. It just um, you you can't fully understand these things unless you actually do them. Yeah, there's another interesting point that you made me think of. Was if you do filter out, well, on the topic of filtering out your work or not filtering out your work, you have to let the audience decide. Yeah. Because I think that's the magical part, essentially, of putting out work is because you'll never know. Your greatest idea can flop and something super simple can take off. And But you will never know. One, you will never know. And two, that's like the fun magic of it. What if you keep churning out stuff, churning out stuff, churning out stuff, and then suddenly you realize, oh, wow. This one thing that I didn't really think of, or I didn't think too much of, is suddenly doing quite well. Yeah, and and I think that's what sort of requires a mindset shift, especially for like um, somebody that's used to more 
traditional business models, I guess, compared to like the online business models. It's because, um, like, if you think about the traditional publishing model, right? You have to go. You have to find an agent, and you have to find a publisher, and um, you have to write a long proposal, and then it has to go through like dozens of gatekeepers, and and then it becomes a book. And and there's a good reason for that. Like you, you can't just um, take any random piece of writing and publish it in a book form, hmm. in a printed book form, because it just costs so much money and resources, right? It's like if you're gonna do a print book, at least in the traditional publishing um, sense. Um, you're committing yourself to like hundreds of thousands of copies, right? So you can't publish hundreds of thousands of things not knowing how it's going to perform or not at least having a rough idea of how it's going to perform. But with like a blog or with YouTube, all that happens is you just publish it there and either nobody sees it, in which case, who cares? Because nobody sees it, right? Yeah. Or people actually like it and... Uh, and, and people are the ones that, that are actually the gatekeeper, right? Maybe somebody shares it. Maybe somebody likes it. Maybe somebody follows you. And, and, it, and it's whoever's viewing the things that gets to decide what they want to see. So, so, so I think that's, that's essentially the biggest reason to me why it's, why it's more important to be executing, executing, executing. Because then the good ideas will just kind of um, filter themselves out, right? Do you have any like uh, projects inside your side hustles that, that kind of bubbled up to the top? that you didn't expect? Yeah, so this is not necessarily related to side hustles per se, but like the Facebook page um, that I run together with my aviation blog, now it's kind of neglected, but anyways, um, like I, I would I would literally never know which things would be popular and which things wouldn't. And and sometimes it, it makes sense. It's like, oh, I really like this photo and I share it and oh, people like it too. But other times it's like, oh, this is a mediocre photo with like a mediocre message. And like, it's the one that the most people mm. look at. Yeah. So, so, so I think, um, again, there's always cases where you don't know, but, and, and to me, it's more about like, what's the worst case that can happen, right? It's like the worst that can happen mm. is nobody sees it in a year. Nobody's going to remember that you posted this really unmemorable piece of content, right? Who, who, who has time to remember unmem yeah. unmemorable things? Like just doesn't make sense. So why not put it out and see if yeah. somebody actually likes it? That, yeah, that's a good point. How, how, how about you? Do you have any examples? I guess it was just with my language blogs, like you can ultimately see what works through Google Analytics, what kind of topics get a lot of traffic. Like I went by volume, you know, I, I, I do, I, I churned out a lot of work and then like a month later, two months later, three months later, I'd go through Google Analytics and be like, oh, wow. I didn't expect this to surge. And that's the stuff you can't really know ahead of time. That's the stuff you can only know in hindsight or you start seeing results on it. And like a similar case, I guess, with social media, I use Pinterest or have used Pinterest a lot, just like post the pictures from the blogs on there. Yeah. And I guess it was just through experimentation that I noticed just something has just started getting picked up. Like really text heavy images, big images get a lot of traction on Pinterest. But it's something I would have never never known if I hadn't posted it. And then just going through my history and be like, all right, this kind of worked out well. Let me do more of that. And the whole point is, well, in my case, the point of these pictures is just to get people to click through and hopefully they land on the blog and whatever and capture them. But yeah. again, this is the stuff like either I just post a random picture that's like 300 by 300. Or I, I re finally realized through just testing and doing a lot of work that like all the, the tall pictures, like, I don't know, like the height is uh, 900 pixels. Those do yeah. tend to do quite well, especially if they have, there's text on there and looks informative. 
but again yeah so so the, i guess the whole point is that you wouldn't know this stuff if you hadn't done it and if, if you don't have like a database of data to look at or or just a history of work to look at to see what performed yeah exactly and I, um when you talked about the seo it, it just reminded me about, about um, google analytics and looking at what content performs better Actually, it reminded me that I have probably dozens of examples of, from, from my own things. Is like um, every time I post an article, I expect some sort of traffic, right? Like you were just saying. But like there are so many cases where the traffic that I expect and the traffic that actually comes, it, it is just completely off. Like so sometimes it's like I expect this article to perform well, but nobody comes. But a lot of times it's like I expect this article to get whatever, like 200 views mm -hmm. a month or something. And it starts getting like 2,000 views a month. And like if I was like, oh, yeah, this article is only going to get 200 views a month, I'm not going to post it because nobody's going to be looking at it. Then I would never have gotten those kind of hidden winners or whatever you want to call them, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and, and there's, there's, always, there's always a balance. Like you can't just go out there and start posting everything because, because maybe something will stick to the wall. But at the same time, you can't just snipe, right? You, you have to throw a couple of things at the wall to see which one sticks. But at the same time, you can't just be throwing yeah, like crazy. It's the good old throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, wise saying, I think. Yeah, but, but, but don't throw too many spaghettis too. Yeah, and, and before we go to the next, um, to the next topic, I, ju I just want to mention like um, I, I was helping this guy a, a while back with, um, with researching some stuff for like he was thinking of trying to start a business in a couple of different areas. And he was kind of trying to figure out which ones to start in. And um, it, it's not like any of those ideas were anything groundbreaking, right? But then at some point he's like, oh, can we sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement covering everything mm -hmm. we talk about? And I'm like, yes, so, sorry. I, I, I just, um, like, of course, if, if he like reveals his financials to me or, or if he's actually committed to one idea and he is putting a lot of money into it or something like that, I, I have no problem signing it, right? Because it's, it's not like I just want to go out there and steal his idea or anything. But at the same time, like when he's trying to decide from 10 ideas, none of which are like necessarily unique, then like why, why would I sign an NDA? I, I just told him, yeah, sorry, I just value execution more than ideas. So um, unless you actually decide to move with one of these forward and then I'm helping you in one way or another, then I'm not going to sign an NDA. And uh, he, he was like, yeah, but uh, I studied a lot of these things and like companies like Apple and Facebook and so on, a lot of it was the idea. I'm like, yeah. okay, good luck. <laughs> There's not much more I can so he, say to that. So he was scared that you were going to take his idea? I think so. To me, it doesn't make sense because if you have an idea and you're so confident in the idea, then to me, that's just half of the equation, right? You also got to be confident in the execution and that somebody else with the same idea or similar idea is not going mm. to put you out of business, right? So, so like just having a good idea is just, just half the equation for me. It's, it's like having the raw materials, but then not having a, an oven or something to make mm. the cake in. He's afraid that you might take his idea, but the amount of work that requires, the amount of work, money, time investment that it requires to put an idea into action, I think that dissuades a lot of people. Sure, like a Fortune 500 company with the resources can pr probably easily swipe an idea, but like in all other cases, it's just it, it's time consuming. Why would you want to spend your time on your on someone else's idea when you have your own ideas? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, just just um, just to go back to the Uber example I mentioned earlier, it's like how many people told to themselves that after Uber became big, it's like how many people told themselves, oh, I had this exact same idea like 10 years ago. And what is it good for? It's nothing. Just yeah, just useless, just piece of useless information, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of similar with, um, like, I think trading is a good example of this, or like investing. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of trading because I think eventually most most traders lose, but they feel very confident while they're winning. Think of trades, right? Right? Like, if you bought Tesla a year ago, you'd probably be pretty rich right now. Hmm. But like, like it, it's not the idea of buying Tesla that that would have made you the money. It would have been actually putting the money into the Tesla stock that yeah. would have made you the money, right? And and there were probably fifty different stocks that would have given you the same return but if you just said and if you just said and um didn't put a single dollar into a single stock then you just stop at the idea and 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 really there's there's no value in you knowing that oh tesla would have gone up right i guess whoever is listening now uh i hope we got through to them that you know ideas only go so far without the actual action and no one's really going to steal your idea because ideas take time, money, resources, and whatnot to implement. Maybe a big company or someone with a lot of resources can, but for the most part, you know, it's not an easy thing. Yeah, I think so. And and I take it a step further. I think if, if they want to steal your idea, let them steal it. Just be better. Like eventually, if you build something of value, people are gonna people are going to want to copy it, and and then it's just up to you to actually defend it and grow grow it further. I think. Yeah, but that's like ten thousand miles down the road far from a side hustle at that point it's probably your own company or something yeah could could be at various levels but yeah probably down the road because because i think that's the other thing that um that is probably stopping a lot of people from doing things and keeps them at the planning phase or the idea phase is that um like once you actually commit to executing something and it doesn't mm-hmm. work out it can feel like oh i wasted all this time or all this money mm-hmm. like i mean i'm sure you spend some money on articles that that never got any traffic. I, I spent money on articles and on a bunch of other on a bunch of other stuff that that never gave me any sort of ROI. Again, and, and I think once you actually commit to executing something, that's the risk, right? Like you you yeah. throw a thousand dollars at something, you throw five thousand dollars at something, you spend hundred hours executing something, and, and then it doesn't bring you any return and it hurts. Whereas if you spend hundred hours just planning things. Then chances are you'll just be like, "Oh, okay, so this is not a good idea. I will never do it," and you don't do it. It just stays an idea forever, and it doesn't feel like you wasted anything, mm-hmm. but you still wasted the same hundred hours. Yeah, it, it just feels like you didn't waste anything because because you're telling yourself that again because you're telling yourself you didn't waste time because you figured out it's not a good idea to do. Yeah, so, so to yeah. me, it almost feels like just staying at the idea phase versus the execution phase. It, it's, it's, it's almost like a defense mechanism mm-hmm. where if you stay in the idea phase, you can never lose, right? Yeah. Whereas once you actually go out on the field, then you're exposing yourself. It, it's like it's like with sports, right? Like Not like I'm good at any sports, but I can only imagine like if you practice, 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 but never step onto the field for an actual match, then you feel good about yourself practicing. 
Yeah. Versus if you step on the field to actually to actually go for an actual match, then you always have the risk of losing. And if you lose, it, it's probably not a happy moment, right? Yeah. That's where you kind of learn more about yourself and where you need to go. Exactly. It's, it's important. And, and you can't improve yourself without actually stepping on the field and without winning a match or losing a match. Yeah. You, you can't just keep practicing forever by yourself or just with your team, yeah. right? And to me, yeah. this is the exact same thing. It's like, sure, you can improve your idea by thinking about it, but you will never completely polish it up without actually going out there and starting to work on it, even if it's going to be rough in the beginning. So I guess this perfectly segues into the next part of the podcast is um, speed versus perfection. So at which point should you worry about how perfect, you know, like you, we were just talking about practice, practice, practice. And why do people practice, practice, practice? Well, they just want to get things done right and perfect before they actually put the work out into the world. Whereas sometimes you maybe it's more important to have speed and just publish things fast, put it, put things out fast, execute fast instead of trying to make everything perfect. So what are your thoughts on that speed versus perfection? Yeah. My, my, my first thought would be it's, it's a balance and it depends. And mm -hmm. um, like, I, I don't think there's such a thing as perfection, right? Everything can always be more perfect than it is. Everything can always be improved. Like there's very few things that are, that are just finished. Like yeah. th there's always going to be the next MacBook. There's always going to be a new book about something. There's always going to be new research about a certain topic. Like things are never finished. So why not actually start now, start doing something now? But um, yeah, I, to, to me, the main thing here is everybody has some sort of runway, right? It's like if you're starting something and if you're putting, um, if you're putting time into it, then obviously we're all going to die one day, right? So that, that sort of limit on the time part but uh but if you're also investing some money into a thing like if you're trying to start a blog but you're also rather than just writing everything yourself you're hiring writers or whatever then you have some sort of runway right like whether that's a year two years five years ten years there, there's some sort of limit to how far can you go before this thing takes off mm-hmm so I think that's one of the factors that um, that should kind of help you determine like how perfect do you want to be. It's like if you have a million dollars to spend to get a blog off the ground, then probably spending $5,000 on creating the perfect logo and choosing the perfect theme and whatever it is, it's probably no big deal because you have a million dollars to start this business with. But if you're trying to start a side hustle, then the chances are your, your budget is probably much lower. And you also have a much more limited amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. And in that case, I think it's much more important to focus on what really, really moves the needle. Yeah, which, putting out work. Exactly, which in case of YouTube, it's videos. In case of blog, it's articles. In case of um, whatever, Amazon FBA, it's probably creating a product. In the case of music, it's music. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good at... Um, <laughs> at finding these combinations but uh but but yeah like like seriously i mean perfection is good but you can never be perfect so so i think just within the limitations whether it's your time constraints or budget constraints just do the best you can but don't overdo it i think there's a kind of a balance or i guess that there's a time and place for everything and perfection is, I think, less important when you are doing a side hustle, when you're doing a blog or a YouTube channel, 
Because, like, again, you don't have a big audience. No one really cares. And at that point, your job is, is to only gain traction. Whereas, like, if you're a big brand and then people are suddenly watching, you have, like, millions of eyeballs and you make a mistake, then at that point, you know, if they find a typo in your logo or something, at that point, it will matter. But, uh, you know, but the whole point is that point is so far off from anyone that's doing a side hustle that it doesn't really matter. It only, I guess it, I guess it matters more the bigger you are. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. So so I guess um, a lot of what I'm talking about and also a lot of what you're talking about is from the point of view of starting a side hustle or starting a, starting an online business or starting something something that's yours and something that's small, right? So, so we're not talking about starting the next airline or going to the space or anything like that here. And, and I think that's a key distinction to keep in mind. It's like, of course, if you're a doctor, then you have to be much closer to the perfection than to speed. Mm-hmm. But but even then, right? Like, let, let's take the doctor example. Like, perfection would be taking you to the operating room and doing everything, like, step by step and, like, doing the most ideal procedure. But then sometimes there's no time for that, right? Sometimes you're... Whatever. Sometimes your leg gets broken on, on the, on the summit of Mount Everest, and mm-hmm. there's just no time to get you to the hospital to get you the proper treatment, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, the speed is probably important, and it's probably not going to be as perfect as it would have been, if you could have gotten to the hospital first. But they still got to treat you the best possible way they can with the resources. Yeah. Right. Or if you're on a plane and you need attention. Yeah, exactly. That's another great example. Like if somebody faints on a plane and they look for a doctor, then even a dentist is probably better than like a lawyer or an accountant. What about an what about an armchair analyst that happens to be on the plane? <laughs> yeah, that, that has you, you, read you, a lot of medical you, articles. You, you just hope he doesn't raise his hand. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 do we, it, doc- do we have a doctor on the plane? <laughs> No medical, no analysts, by the way, no armchair analysts. Please sit back down. Yeah, but, but in, in all seriousness, there's never such thing as perfect, right? And you, you just got to do the best pos- best thing possible with the yeah. amount of resources that you have. And a matter of fact is that if, if, if you're trying to start a side hustle, then you're probably busy with your actual day job. So you don't have much time. And you're also probably on a limit, fairly limited budget, right? Yeah. So why spend a lot of your time and a lot of your budget on trying to make your site look perfect and having the perfect logo when there's so many sites without even a logo that make thousands of dollars a month or even tens of thousands of dollars a month? Like, it's yeah. it, it, it just a matter of prioritization to me. Yeah, and, and again, it really depends on what you're trying to build. Like, if you're trying to build yourself a personal brand where you're, you're branding yourself as the web designer of the or 21st century or the proofreader... Then, then you probably want to make sure you put enough effort into that rather than into the quantity of the content. But if you're trying to start a site that makes money based on the volume of visitors that come to your site through Google or something, then you probably want to produce more content, right? Yeah. And like there's that whole quantity versus quality argument. I think you you will find more quality by going through quantity. Quality builds up with more quantity. Yeah, you, you will, but but there, there's there's got to be some sort of baseline, right? And and I think th- that's the thing that the baseline really depends on what you're going after. It depends on the outcome. Like if if you want to be a if you want to be the best rated proofreader on Up, Upwork, then, then then don't send me an application for an editor position that's got seven typos in two sentences. Like th- that's a real case example. 
you, yeah, you, you the way that specific example, it sounds like you had some experience with that. Yeah, and, and you see a lot of that, right? It's like people apply for a writing job and their application is written like some elementary school kid wrote it. Or, or people apply for a graphic design job and the portfolio they send you is... Is, is a bunch of... Um, Microsoft Word images. Yeah, a bunch of not-so-nice graphics, yeah. to, to be polite, right? And um, so, so it, it really depends. Like, you know, like to go back to the quality versus quantity, like if you want to be a freelancer and you want to be a graphic designer, then, I, then I'd say the quality versus quantity goes to like sales pitches. But in terms of your portfolio, it's better to have like two pieces of work that are solid than like 10 that are mediocre. And, and then put all your efforts into like trying to find clients. Whereas if, if you're trying to start a blog, then probably the quality of any individual article, of course it has to be decent, but it doesn't have to be perfect, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, I, I take that down to my own blogs. Like, sure, I'll run the text through Grammarly to catch most typos, but I've, I've, I've found typos afterwards, like a year later on or a day later, day later. But the reason why I moved on with it is just like it's it's something that's not going to move the needle right now, and something that uh, something that will get fixed eventually. But the whole point is it's it's better to get it out and open rather than have it sit behind a locked door and never come out, never publish your work. But I am also guilty on this. Um, with in the speed of perfection, like there's the one project that I always wanted to do that I'm really slacking on is the, the whole comedy scripts. Like yeah. I have a lot of scripts written up. Like, and I think the writing part in some way is very important, but it's also kind of also a planning part. And I've thus far, I've only put out one. And like, I only put out one because I did it with a friend that was easy to do. Yeah. But now that it's passed on to me, it's like, it's harder because it's like, ah. <laughs> oh. So it also depends when and where. Like, some things that we're used to, we can easily pump out content. Some things that we're not used to and are completely different, it's a bit harder. The focus should still be putting out the content, right? Even if it's hard for you. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's two articles a month or two videos a week or whatever it is, like more is always better. Yeah. And unless the quality starts suffering like a lot. But 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 I think that's rarely the case. I, I think what's more likely the case is that um you're either trying to make the article too perfect, which is what's slowing you down. Like rather than spending four hours on an article, you're spending eight hours just to make it like 99% rather than like 80%. Mm -hmm. That's one. And the other one is just um, just focusing on the wrong thing. So like you're starting a blog and, um, and rather than creating two articles, you create one article and then spend the time you, you could have created the next article. You spend that time perfecting your logo or, or choosing which shade of orange goes best with your blue color in your logo or something like some, something yeah. that's essentially useless at that point and the other way to look at it is if you publish two articles let's say you published one article and you are now obsessing over your logo let's say that article ranks and it's let's say it's bringing you like you know 10 visits a week but let's say you went the not so perfect route and you published three articles and both of them get 10 a week you would have had more traffic on your site overall if you publish those pieces of work rather than getting stuck with one or putting out one and getting stuck over a logo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I, I believe in compounding. And to compound, I, I believe you have to do as much as possible of the thing that moves the needle, right? 
because the more you, mm-hmm. the more things you do that move the needle, the more those things then keep moving it even after you're done with them. Like, like let's say you write an article, that article will keep getting you traffic for quite a long time, which means that every day you spend not publishing an article, you're losing something, right? Yeah. I take that concept to the gym every day. Well, I can't really go to the gym because of the whole corona situation. But like I, I, I kind of felt the same concept every time, every day that I missed or skipped, I was kind of losing today and whatever foundation today would be used for tomorrow. And just, and that's hard to calculate, but it's also very, it's a, I think it's an immense loss too. Yeah, I think that's a good example. And I think it's a good closing thought for this podcast is at some point, there, there's going to be a point in time when probably upgrading your logo or upgrading the user experience slightly or something will move the needle more than a single new article. But it's definitely not that in the beginning, right? So, so you, just, you just always kind of got to just think, um, let, let's say I publish an extra article and that will bring me extra 10 visitors a, a month. Or I change the logo and maybe that will make the visitors stay like 0.05% longer on my site. But that only matters once you have a lot of traffic, right? So, so it's finding the balance and it's always just, um, essentially it's always focusing on what moves the needle, but realizing that what moves the needle today is not what, what will move the needle tomorrow. So a good way to end it. What moves the needle today doesn't mean it's going to move the needle tomorrow. And what moves the needle for us is not what moves the needle for somebody else. So, so it's always just knowing um, your business, knowing what's the focus of it, and knowing what and knowing what's the what's the main thing that drives the traffic to it, or that drives the visitors, subscribers, or whatever it might be that you're going after. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this 13th episode of the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast: idea versus execution, and speed versus perfection. By the way, if you do want to start your own blog and you want to jump in and start executing on your ideas, definitely check out the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E13 where you can find the link for Bluehost. Bluehost is a hosting service where you can buy a .com and get started on your own blog or website and start putting out your ideas into the world. And also check out the show notes for all the things that we mentioned today. I think we mentioned some things today that could go in there. If not, well, that's good enough because it's speed versus perfection. We'd rather get this out. This has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast with Keishi and Yuri. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. That's great. I, I just have, <laughs> again, kinology, kinesiology. Again, it's not that, kinesiology. <laughs> okay. I can tell you that for certain. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can close it up uh, unless you have some extra story. To... No, I. My only stories include typos. <laughs>